get back it down to business. I don't got no time to play around with it. This is Wicket's World with Mike Wicket. From the Bet Sportsbook App Studio. Get social features, casino rewards, and exclusive games in one betting app. Are we on? I don't hear anything. My, head, my headphones just went away. That's not good. <laughs> well, we're on anyway. My headphones are completely quiet. This is really great for radio. Sweet. All right. Well, let's just get right in this. We'll have to fix it. We'll work on that before our guest joins us coming up in a little bit. Uh, here on a Friday, it is Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. And I'm not going to lie, today is going to be a lot about the Green Bay Packers after that one last night where the Packers wound up beating the Arizona Cardinals at, in the, the very the very last play of the game that mattered. It was Russell Douglas. Kira, I'm going to have you play this highlight about 1,400 times between now and uh, the end of the show, which is an hour from now. So... Let's just hear how this one ended on Fox. Here's Joe Buck. High snap again. End zone and picked off. Intercepted by Rasul Douglas. And the Packers are going to win it. A.J. Green was the target, and he never looked for the ball. You'll have to cue me when it's done, because I can't hear anything, all right? <laughs> um, thank you. I... I I'm just so blown away by the game last night. And I'll tell you what, 24-21, the final score of the Packers over the Arizona Cardinals. And um, honestly, this is, it was, it was a game where if you're a Green Bay Packers fan like I am, and I'm going to probably bring you more Packers coverage than you probably want because we're going to hear from head coach Matt LaFleur. We're going to hear from the hero of the night coming up in just a moment. We're going to hear from, of course, the quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Um, the, I, a mixed bag of emotion for, from this football game. I mean, obviously elated with the win, thrilled with the win. Uh, to, to think about where the Green Bay Packers were at 24 hours ago. Going into this game with no Devontae Adams, no Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and no Alan Lazard. I mean, think about it, any other NFL team and take away their top three wide receivers. Whatever team is your team. And to still go on the road to a team that many people thought was the best in the NFL, or at least one of the best teams in the NFL. Although the Arizona Cardinals for a while still had this stigma of, yeah, but. Nobody really believed in the Arizona Cardinals. There was a lot of, yeah, but about the Arizona Cardinals. Who have they beat? How have they done it? Blah, blah, blah. Cardinals were still 7-0. Your record is what your record is. The Cardinals were still 7-0 and in this game in the desert a place where Green Bay has struggled, a place where Aaron Rodgers has struggled, a place where the Green Bay Packer defense has certainly struggled. Now, I know this is a very different team than anything else that has happened in the last 10 years or so out there, but this is a football team that hasn't had a lot of great success going out west. And you, you factor in the fact that they didn't have any of their weapons for the most part. And I, I thought about the game plan going into yesterday, and I thought, boy, everything says you need to run the football. Of course, the three wide receivers are out. you got to run the football. Arizona was giving up five yards per carry going into that game last night. you got to run the football. 
Kyler Murray is the one thing you want to keep off the field. So because you should be effective running the football, you got to run the football. And they did run the football. I still do not believe the Packers are capable of a game with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur where they literally just run the ball and Aaron doesn't have to throw 30, 35 times a game. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur coming up because, gosh, there's so much about the equation of this football game. In the red zone was an embarrassment for Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers not having chemistry with these young guys caused a lot of problems for this team. I mean, there were guys that... I don't know who Jawan Winfrey is. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. I used to cover this team professionally up uh, north up in Wisconsin. I still write about and do a podcast about the Green Bay Packers. Um, there are guys catching balls out here I'd never heard of, like Jawan Winfrey. Who in the world was that? Um, and you can see that some of these guys may not have been ready for big-time moments like this, like Amari Rogers, the rookie out of Clemson. Jawan Winfrey, who'd been on the practice squad and got bumped up because everybody got hurt. They believe in Equinemia St. Brown for some reason. I'm not the biggest Equinemia St. Brown fan. He's always one step shy or one toe out of bounds or one holding penalty or one pass interference or one drop. That's always where Equinemia St. Brown is. So I thought this has got to be the one time when Rodgers throws the ball 19 times and they hammer it with Jones, and they hammer it with Dylan. And for the most part, they did. But there were so many missed opportunities in this, inside the red zone, especially before you gave Arizona the ball at the very final drive when they had to go the length of the field. They could have hammered that ball in, and instead, they don't give the ball to their 250-pound running back inside the three-yard line on multiple occasions to seal this game. And to watch the defense that had played so well for 50 minutes, 55, 56, 57 minutes in this game, have to come up and make another play. They were, I don't want to say they were sitting back and resting on their laurels on that final drive or anything along those lines. That's, That's not a thing that happened. But eventually, Arizona's offense, led by Kyler Murray, who is an MVP candidate, is going to pick up chunks of yardage. And they did. And it was fortunate for Green Bay that the final play of the game, A.J. Green didn't even look back for uh, Kyler Murray. And what happened? Kara, can we play it again? Kara. High snap again. End zone and picked off. Intercepted by Rasul Douglas. And the Packers are going to win it. A.J. Green was the target, and he never looked for the ball. Joe Buck on Fox. The fact that Razul Douglas, who was on the practice squad 40 hours ago or whatever, he was picked up by Green Bay, traded by the, uh, the Cardinals three weeks ago. This Cardinals team, there's always something poetic about storylines like this, aren't there? There's always something poetic about this. So Razul Douglas... Traded, added by the Green Bay Packers, comes to Green Bay from this Arizona team a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago and has the biggest play of his career, the biggest play of his life. When you hear from Razul Douglas here, where he stepped to the microphone, normally he's not a guy you hear from after a game. It's always, you know, Rodgers and Jones or Devontae when he can play, couldn't play in this one because of COVID. But 
you can just hear how thankful Roswell Douglas was. Bless, man. No, you in a crazy mental state, uh, being in the five years, never been on a practice squad before, you know. Um, and then one day you just on a practice squad, uh, you feel like you're working for nothing, kind of, you know. And then you get a call and then you're somewhere else and then you're just playing. So I'm just thankful. The dude that made the biggest play of his career last night, the biggest play of the game for the Green Bay Packers, it's Roswell Douglas and, and more from Douglas because he was asked what he saw on that final play. We're in an all-out blitz. It's me, A.J. Green. I see Kyler Murray He's looking at A.J. Green. Um, I don't know, 15 seconds left, something like that. I know they well in field goal range, so right now it's like, let's try to see if we can get seven and end it. I got to make a play. He threw it to my guy, just made a play. You know, somebody asked him, you know, why don't you think A.J. Green, one of the best receivers of the last 15 years, why didn't he turn around and look for, uh, look for Kyler Murray? And I loved his response. It's a little muffled, so I couldn't play it. But he said, I don't know. I don't know their offense. I'm not the guy that you should probably ask about that. And he's right. Like, you should go ask A.J. Green why A.J. Green didn't turn and look back for this one. Now, Joe Barry, the Packers' defensive coordinator, uh, was on the COVID list as well. Did not travel with the team. They zoomed in, apparently, of course, when they were able to work with them. But Jerry Gray is the one that called this game. And it was a tremendous game. You know, you, you couple the offense and what they did running the ball 31 times with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones combined. 78 yards for Dillon, 59 for, for Aaron Jones. A lot of quick passes after the first two drives by Green Bay. They had to keep Kyler Murray off the field. And they contain Murray. You know, Murray's known for a lot of things. Great deep passes, had the one to DeAndre Hopkins early in this game. But he's known for those quick feet, for his ability to get out of the pocket. Green Bay did a wonderful job containing from the outside and keeping Murray from getting out into space where he's so effective. And Douglas credited Jerry Gray. I mean, OG did a good job. Um, he stepped up, called a great plays. Um, our coaches on Zoom with us all week, you know, well, for the few days we had off since Sunday, uh, just going through it. So we had a good game plan, you know, we just played good. Usually in baseball, we talk about walk-offs and, you know, Hail Marys end the game or game-winning field goals or walk-offs. This was the first walk-off for uh, Razzle Douglas. the first time I, like, won a game like that. So it was like, it was like a shocking feeling, like, oh, snap, like, we just won off that play, you know? I was, like, kind of surprised. And then I just see Stokes and them running down, like, you just said you was going to get a pig. And I was like, word. And it just came to life. Feels like that's a defensive back's dream, isn't it? That's a defensive back's dream to make the game-winning interception, to send the other team home. And how about when he gave... He grabs the ball. He goes to the fans. You've seen the meme, probably. There's one of Rodgers, which is awesome. He's on his side like this. If you're watching on the video, I'm wearing a Spider-Man costume on my side right now. But how cool is the picture of Douglas and how many Packers fans were in the crowd last night taking over that stadium? So many Green Bay Packers fans uh, were there last night. And the one Arizona Cardinals fan whose face is just, he's hanging over the side of the stands. He has absolutely lost every bit of positivity drained because at that moment you had to think that Arizona was going to win this game or at least if that play was unsuccessful bring out their kicker bring out Matt Prater he's going to kick a chip shot field goal we're going to go to overtime and Arizona probably at that moment had a lot of the momentum at least that's the way I felt a lot of Packers fans probably felt that way a lot of Arizona Cardinals fans or just people watching the game you probably had to feel that way right 
But Douglas makes the big play. A.J. Green doesn't look back. Opportunistic, takes the ball. And he was just in such a good mood. And afterwards, the Packers locker room was, was quite loud. And Douglas acknowledged that. Yeah, it was loud, man. That's, that's a team. You know, we all a family. That's how we feel about each other. Um, we're close. So it's just a brotherhood here. So once I got in the locker room, everybody was just waiting for me, jumping up on me, just having fun. Coming up, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur, uh, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, and also Aaron Rodgers, because some of the things that Rodgers said to the guys, I thought was it was, it was neat to hear him say these things. A lot of cool stuff of what he had to say. And it's just such a mature, I don't want to say dad-like, but it's a leader. It's, it's what you want to hear a leader say in a calm, proud way, in a way to represent the Green Bay Packers. So that's going to come up. Um, and just, I, I do want to, it's a 24-21 win for the Green Bay Packers. I'm thrilled. If you're a Packers fan, you're thrilled. If you're an Arizona fan, you're not so thrilled. If you're a Bears fan, you're just sick and tired of this. If you're a Viking fan, you're not happy with this either. But coming up, there are things to look at. And LaFleur, LaFleur had a very interesting soundbite that I want to play for you about his team bailing him out. And I want to talk about that coming up. It's Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket here on ESPN Des Moines. This is Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN from the Valley Bet Sportsbook App Studio. Get social features, casino rewards, and exclusive games in one betting app. <laughs> Happy Halloween to you. It's Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. You're watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. I am dressed up as Spider-Man today. So hopefully you have yourself a safe and happy Halloween. Beggar's Night coming up tomorrow here in the Des Moines area. I still don't understand that. I still am not a fan of Beggar's Night, but maybe I will be. Because okay, can we talk about that? Yeah, yes, Kira. Can we talk about that? Yeah. I am also not from Iowa. Where I come from, <laughs> in Missouri. In Missouri. We trick-or-treat on Halloween. Yeah. Like everybody else. Yeah. And we don't. We don't have to work for our candy. Well, see, kids, I get the uh, and maybe because I will be trick or treating with my kids for the first time this uh, this year. Maybe I'll be a bigger fan of Beggar's Night because I come from the era where I would go out on Halloween and I trick or treated on Halloween growing up. Um, but here they want to keep kids safe. I mean, I guess I'm all about kids I safety. Guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> we should be all about kids safety. Um so we'll be out tomorrow night, and it's, here's the thing, too. When I was a kid growing up in the 80s, you would go out, okay, you go to school in your costume, can't do that anymore. You go because there was a Halloween party, can't have those anymore for like 10 reasons. A, people are offended. B, peanut allergies. What did kids do with peanut allergies in the 1980s? All right? What did kids do with peanut allergies in the 1980s? I don't understand it. It's like it got invented in the last 10 years, and now we can't have, you can't go to school for a Halloween party, somebody's offended, peanut allergies, and some people are like, well, I just don't celebrate Halloween, so why should I have to sit in here while you have a Halloween party? Okay, all right, squeaky wheel gets the grease. So we canceled those. But when I was growing up, you would go to, the ho you'd go to school in your Halloween costume. Fine, you can't wear a mask, especially during class. Okay, fine, no weapons, fine, okay, whatever. You come home, hopefully you haven't torn or ripped 
any of that Halloween costume, you haven't stained that Halloween costume, whatever. And then after dinner, maybe you've gotten out of the costume, you'll get back in the costume after dinner, then you go out. Lights go on outside, porch lights are on, street lights are on, and then it's a dash, a mad dash until like 9, 9.30 to get as much candy as you can. Now, here in Iowa, we get two hours on beggar's night, the night before Halloween. And again, I'm all about kid safety. I have three babies, and I'm sure for the next 10, 12 years, I'll appreciate it. But as an old-school Halloweener, never thought I'd call myself that, I've got my issue. So happy Halloween. <laughs> there you go. Uh, tonight, we'll have World Series game number three, weather permitting between the Astros and the Atlanta Braves. Tomorrow, we have got Iowa and Wisconsin. If you want to listen to Iowa on FM, we have got the game for you. The Hawkeyes going up to Madison to take on the Badgers. 11 a.m. for the kick. We've got it right here on ESPN Des Moines. And then game four of the World Series tomorrow night, weather permitting. Sunday, Bears and Niners at noon right here on ESPN Des Moines. We will have it. So if you're a fan of the Bears and the Niners, uh, we'll get it, at, get, it you, uh, get it to you at noon. And then weather permitting. This is going to be a theme, by the way, for the World Series all weekend long. Weather permitting, we'll have Astros and Braves game number five. I, there will be a game, I feel like, delayed by rain or canceled by rain or moved by rain. The World Series will not play. They're not going to start a game at 10 p.m. They're going to be very quick to postpone the game because Major League Baseball wants the spotlight. Major League Baseball wants the eyes on the World Series. If they move two of these games, you could get Sunday baseball, Monday baseball, Tuesday baseball, Wednesday baseball, for the World Series. You could get four games in four days in the World Series. Should the series go that long, um, you might see all of these games played without any rest, which would be fascinating if you're watching pitching matchups and innings and who can be used and who can't. So that's our weekend schedule. Tons of live sports. You want live sports. We've got live sports here on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. All right, back to the Green Bay Packers win last night when nobody thought they were going to be able to do it. You know how every team says that? Oh, nobody believed in us? Well, look, the only reason anybody thought Green Bay could go to Arizona and win is because of Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to hear from him in a second. First, head coach Matt LaFleur. But the only chance Green Bay had was, in some people's minds, was that Aaron Rodgers had to play out of his mind. No Devontae, no MVS, no Lazard. I went the other way and thought, they have to run the football to win this game. And they had a great, great game plan. And, of course, at the end, it was Razul Douglas who intercepted Kyler Murray. And afterwards, in the Packer Radio Network, Matt LaFleur was asked about, well, Razul Douglas getting a game ball. What a play. Uh, I love how he competes since the day he's gotten here. He just keeps getting better and better and better. But uh, I just I can't say enough about that entire locker room. Just the resiliency this group has, the character that this group has. You know, no matter what, they have the mentality of whatever it takes, and that showed through tonight. It did show through, and and the defensive effort by this team to slow down Cliff Kingsbury's offense was. Absolutely unbelievable. And, and Douglas, and they play without guys. I mean, I think, think about this. If you're, the, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan or you're just a football fan, no Devontae Adams, no David Bakhtiari, the best left tackle in football, no Jair Alexander, one of the best defensive backs in football, uh, no Zadarius Smith, Green Bay's best pass rusher, no MVS, the best deep threat in the NFL, no Alan Lazard, maybe the best blocking wide receiver in the National Football League, 
No Kevin King, no Josh Myers, no Joe Barry. And Robert Tunyon gets hurt. Looked like an ACL, no official word yet. Tunyon gets hurt in this one. No problem. They win this game regardless because they had a great game plan. And on the defensive side of the ball, they did a wonderful job keeping Murray in the pocket, getting to Murray. Matt LaFleur afterwards, so proud of his team. It's hard to win in this league, and I know it was far from perfect tonight, and there's a lot of things that I'm upset with myself about, first and foremost. Just those guys, they, 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 didn't, they didn't let me down, that's for sure, but they didn't let each other down, and they battle. And Again, it's not, it's not always perfect, but this is an imperfect game, and the way they go about their business, the fight, the effort, resiliency, I'm just so proud of them. More on him in just a moment, because <laughs> I... Cannot, for the life of me, figure out what is wrong with Matt LaFleur's brain or Aaron Rodgers' brain or whoever's brain when, it, when the Packers get inside the five. I have no idea why. And, and, and more on that in a second. But I have no idea why in 2021 we can't just roll up our sleeves, go jumbo, slam the football in the belly of your 250-pound running back that you spent a second-round draft pick on and pound his way into the end zone. More on that in a moment. But first, more from uh, Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, again last night on the uh, Packers radio network. Normally, you would see Aaron Rodgers throw the ball 40, 50 times, whatever. But LaFleur said, look, we knew we needed to run the ball. We kind of went into this game with the mindset of trying to get 30-plus runs. I think we ended up right around 35 or whatever it was. And it, it really took everybody. It was the epitome of a total team effort. It, it did take everybody. And this is the one that I want to play. This is the interesting one to me from, from LaFleur. He knows. Let me take that back. I hope he knows that some of the play calls, especially inside the 10-yard line, were horrendous. He credited the rest of his Packers locker room. I know there were some things that in the red zone especially offensively that I'm a little upset with myself about right now but um, those guys uh, you know they bailed, they bailed me out they did bail him out because he nearly cost this team the game I saw people complaining about referees and calls on Twitter last night no the Green Bay Packers nearly lost this game and they got lucky at the end A.J. Green is one of the great receivers in the history of the National Football League. He was stuck in Cincinnati playing for a horrible organization for his, most of his career. You know, if, 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 you're, if you root for a guy, you root for A.J. Green. I'm not rooting for him to get a ring. I want the Packers to win the Super Bowl. But if my team gets eliminated and A.J. Green is a great story, veteran, horrible franchise, goes out to Arizona, that, that'd be a cool story, a good Hollywood ending for maybe his entire career. But you have A.J. Green not looking back for the football. You have Kyler Murray not being the great Kyler Murray in this whole football game, but he throws a ball that at wherever the miscommunication was, whether Green should have turned outside or Kyler should have thrown the ball inside, the Packers did get a little bit lucky. That's just every team gets a little bit lucky in every single game that they win. All right? Some teams win 65-3, to and you're like, they didn't get lucky. A couple of plays, made, but the Packers got a little lucky last night. But their game plan was great other than their goal line offense. And I don't understand why this team can't execute inside the five-yard line on the ground. Couple, set, at least two possessions, first and goal, inside the five, 
they threw the ball on first down, second down, third down, fourth down. That last drive, when they got stopped and Arizona went the length of the field, you know what their final play was? Aaron Rodgers, scrambling. And then Aaron Rodgers, incomplete. But he was trying to throw the ball because it, well, they were on the, uh, the one. Then they got a five-yard penalty. And then Rodgers, all the grit and determination trying to get into the end zone, winds up getting back to the one, fourth and one. Rodgers incomplete, looking for Randall Cobb. It is mind-blowing to me that a team that has Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon can't figure out how to run the football effectively against a team who is giving up five yards per carry from the two. It happened last week against Washington, too. And there was a play last week against the, the, the Washington football team where Washington turned the ball over inside the five. Green Bay recovered. You know what the first play they ran was? A.J. Dillon up the middle for three. They can run the other way from their own one-yard line. They can pick up three, running away from the goal line with A.J. Dillon. But for some reason, Matt LaFleur harnesses his inner Mike McCarthy and decides, I got to run, I got to throw the ball three times here. And I know Rodgers has autonomy to call what he wants. That's fine. But at some point, somebody's got to get in Rodgers' face or LaFleur's face and say, look, we drafted this 250-pound running back out of Boston College in the second round a year ago. Let's use him. Our offensive line is road grading tonight. Let's get it done. Aaron Jones is one of the strongest small backs I've ever seen in my life. Get him the ball on the two. Get, get him right behind A.J. Dillon. Go jumbo. Throw in Big Bob and DeGuara. Get big. And get in the end zone. And that play call nearly cost this Green, Bay's Packer, Green Bay Packers team the victory. Nearly. But it didn't. They got lucky. Their defense was bending, 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 bending. And then Douglas makes the big play at the end. And who comes to the podium afterwards? Aaron Rodgers. We're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers coming up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with some very important words for his guys who are about to go on break. You know, they get play Thursday, take a couple of days off. They'll come back in, ten, in like three or four days. And it'll be game week again. A big one with the Chiefs. And speaking of the Chiefs, coming up at 1245, my guy Pete Sweeney is going to join me. What in the hell is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs? I want to ask him, as a guy who watches film and runs the company, he runs ArrowheadPride.com, I want to know if the narrative about figuring Patrick Mahomes is real. That's at 1245, but Aaron Rodgers is next here on ESPN Des Moines. Phone lines are open, 515-244-1350. This is Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN. Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Hello, if you're watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, I'm dressed up as Spider-Man today, the face of broadcast professionalism. Mike Wicket. <laughs> Pete Sweeney joins me coming up from ArrowheadPride.com at 1245. What in the world is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs? Tonight we've got World Series Game 3, weather permitting, Astros and Braves tied at 1. Tomorrow... We will have uh, Iowa and Wisconsin at 11. You can hear the game on Crystal Clear FM from ESPN Radio. We'll have the call from Madison as the Hawkeyes, number nine in the nation, head up to uh, face the Badgers. And then World Series Game 4 coming up tomorrow right here on ESPN Des Moines. Sunday, Niners and Bears. 
at noon. And then World Series Game 5. All of this weather permitting, of course. All of it weather permitting. Uh, so this has felt like a Green Bay Packers post-game show. And I have done Green Bay Packers post-game shows in my career. I know there are a lot of Green Bay Packers fans. This is the biggest sports story, I think, going on, is the fact that the Packers go to Arizona without their best three wide receivers. Without the best wide receiver in football in Devontae Adams. Without the best left tackle in football. Without the best defensive back in football, or one of them in Jair Alexander. Without Green Bay's best pass rusher in Zedarius Smith. Without Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator. Josh Myers on the offensive line. Kevin King, a depth dude in the secondary. And I just read. I just read this. This sucks. Not surprising, but it is official. Uh, Packers tight end Robert Tunyon is out for the year. He tore his left ACL. Non-contact. You know, you saw him running late in that game yesterday. Midway through, was it third quarter or whatever? And he goes down. Left knee gave out. And you knew it was over. You just you, you had that, that feeling sick to your stomach when he planted and he grabbed his knee. It was like, oh, man, that is an ACL. And that sucks. It's big news for Josiah DeGuara and Mercedes Lewis and whoever else they can pull off the scrap heap. I did see someone say that the Packers should go after Evan Engram from the uh, New York Giants, who it's just not working. It's, it's, it's just not working in New York with Ingram. And I don't know if he's the blocker that Tunyon is, but he's certainly an explosive playmaking tight end, so keep an eye on that. I'll be writing about that at some point this weekend. But Aaron Rodgers goes out to uh, Arizona with the Packers. And, 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 and I don't know... Do I really want to get into this if I have time? I just saw this come across on Twitter. Myron Metcalf from ESPN. He writes, Tom Brady couldn't go down to Arizona without his top three receivers and beat the number one team in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest to play that position. Hmm. I don't know. Could Brady beat right now? Could this Tom Brady, who's playing as well as any Tom Brady perhaps has ever played, could that Tampa team with Tom Brady go down to Arizona without Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown and beat that Arizona team? I don't know. It's a really good question. Could Patrick Mahomes go to, well, maybe the Chiefs' defense is horrible, so I don't know. I mean, the Packers' defense is a top-ten defense. Like I told you, they would be fine. It's a really good question. It's blowing up the Internet. And good job, Myron Metcalf from ESPN, for bringing it. Because what Aaron Rodgers did yesterday was absolutely incredible. His numbers weren't, for he didn't throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. But he didn't have the horses to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, what did Rodgers finish at? Uh, 22 of 37 for 184 yards, two touchdowns. But managing that football game with those wide receivers, the wide receiver with the most catches and yards for Green Bay yesterday was Jawan Winfrey, who was on the practice squad 40 hours ago, but got called up. I mean, his boy Randall Cobb caught three passes for 15 yards, had the two scores. Winfrey caught four passes for 30 yards. Equinemius St. Brown was third behind Winfrey and Cobb of the wide receivers. It's just unreal. And, and afterwards, uh, Aaron Rodgers came to the podium and, and said that he knows these guys are going to go 
on a little mini vacation. But it's important to remember that that G, that Green Bay G, is with them everywhere they go. Here's Rodgers. Coming up. I don't know why Matt keeps calling on me, but <laughs> I do enjoy it. I really do. It's a special opportunity to speak to these guys, give them a little perspective, a little wisdom. The one thing I will share that I said was, and I, I, I thought about this, and one of our uh, guy that works, been working at the stadium for a long time, and I had a conversation about this years and years ago, but the G that's on our helmet and on our jersey travels with you. And I just reminded the guys, you know, because a lot of guys will be leaving town maybe for a couple of days, kind of getting away. Just remember how special it is to wear that G, and when you leave, you take that G with you. And it doesn't just stay in Green Bay. It travels with you. Represent the team the right way. Um, and I always enjoyed that, uh, that conversation from years and years ago. I stuck with me. And, and this, uh, this is a special group of guys, according to Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, he likes these guys. And, and one of the things, he's been in this league for almost two decades, and, and he told the guys, remember moments like this. You know, I adjusted my perspective last year, did some things off the field that put me in a good headspace, and I've just been really enjoying life and football in a whole new level, and I just have a greater appreciation for moments like this, a greater uh, connectedness to my teammates. Um, I told them in the locker room after the game just to savor these moments because this is the kind of things you think about and talk about 20 years from now when you're done playing. The special locker room celebrations, the elation on the sideline after a big play that seals the game. There's nothing like this game. It's a special game game that gives you so many lifelong memories and friendships and I'm so thankful to still be playing and still be playing at a high level in year 17. One more from Aaron Rodgers who uh, he's been around a long time a lot of different groups of guys a lot of different locker rooms but he likes this group. Every year is so different too you never know what the, how the team's going to come together and the chemistry and the relationships and the guys stepping up and dealing with injuries and and all the adversity but we have a, a good group of guys that uh there's a different feeling to the team than even the last couple of years. I'm not sure how it's going to finish up, but, but I like the, the energy that we have in the locker room. Packers win. They have now got seven straight in their back pocket after that opening week loss to New Orleans that nobody could stop talking about. And what'd your boy Wicked say? Everybody calm down. R-E-L-A-X. They are going to be fine. They're 7-1. I don't care about your power rankings. The Packers are up there. What about the Chiefs? We switch from this football team to the team they're playing next week. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Packers will play next Sunday. ArrowheadPride.com's uh, Pete Sweeney is going to join me to explain what in the hell is going on with Patrick Mahomes and company next. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN DSM. This is Wicket's World on Des Moines 1350 ESPN. <laughs> All right, 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Hello, if you're watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, yes, I'm dressed as Spider-Man. Happy Halloween. One of the teams that seemingly is in disguise, and we're not sure what to make of them, is the Kansas City Chiefs at this point. And joining me right now on the line from ArrowheadPride.com is my good friend Pete Sweeney, the busiest man in Kansas City sports media. Pete, thank you for the time, my friend. How you doing, Mike? What's going on? Well, you have to tell me, because we got a lot of things to talk about in a couple of minutes here, but I want to start with this. The narrative across the national media is that the NFL has figured out Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes by playing two high safeties and rushing four. Is that narrative accurate, or is the national media being the national media? It's a little bit of both, I would say, Mike, and, and I think we've, we've seen that that strategy can have success. But going into the Titans game, 
they were one of the better offenses in the league, even with the struggling of the turnovers and even with that strategy working sometimes. Where the, the Chiefs have gotten is to a point where they are and have become stoppable in some occasions. But I just think they had an especially bad game last week. And, and you know this league, Mike, even covering your Packers, just depends on what has happened to you lately. I, I'm, not, um, I'm, I'm not forgetting at the beginning of the year when the Saints go out and and beat the, the Packers and beat them down, everyone's like, oh, you know what? Aaron Rodgers should have been here the whole time. Meanwhile, now you go to last night, and I bet you a lot of people are going to be calling them the best team in the NFL this week. So things can change quickly for bad or for worse, and I think a lot of people and the national heads, as you talk about, are leaning into what was an absolute stinker against the Tennessee Titans, but I don't think that necessarily is indicative of who the Chiefs are. Are teams still afraid of Kansas City? No, <clears throat> they're not. Um, you know, there used to be a fear here. And, you know, you talk about a, a game against the, the New York Giants, there, there would be a, a feeling, I, I believe, of the Giants coming in and in their heart of hearts thinking, okay, there's no way we come out of Kansas City with the win. But if you're the New York Giants, you've got to be coming into this game saying, you know what, it's possible that we can pull this out if we just play well. Talking to Pete Sweeney, ArrowheadPride.com. Follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney here on ESPN Des Moines. You know, one of the things that I, I remember when we talked to you back in the, the offseason was, you know, the, the big story. They're fixing the offensive line. They're fixing the yeah. offensive line. Is the offensive line fixed? The interior of it is, it's, it's been the tackle positions. Um, the Chiefs had to make a change of right tackle. They originally went with Lucas Niang to start the year. He proved to not be good enough, allowing too many pressures. Um, and Orlando Brown <clears throat> just hasn't been as, as good as he was advertised when um, the trade has come. Now, what you're seeing is it's bad play, but it's also Patrick Mahomes. And it's kind of a chicken-egg situation, in a sense. And what I mean is, well, Orlando Brown or what was Lucas Niang would maybe give up a, a pressure or a sack and then Patrick Mahomes loses trust in that, and then he starts dropping a little bit further back or bailing out early, and then that tends to happen almost when they're tending to have good pressure, too, just because he's getting that happy feed. Or if you remember a couple years back when Sam Darnold, and he was caught on a mic saying, I'm seeing ghosts. I don't want to say that exactly, but it's it's in that family, right? And so I don't think Mahomes is getting great offensive line play from his tackles, but I don't think... There are situations where he's helping himself out um, 100% of the time either. So it's a little bit of a catch-22 right now. I know he's going to say, and he has this week, it's on him, i got to play better, but is he playing yeah. too much hero ball trying to go for you know, the, the, the kill shot every opportunity he drops back? I think he is, and I think right now, Mike, he feels like he has to just because the defense has played so poorly. And, and until the defense, I think, continues to hold off their end of the bargain, and I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to play. In the past, that has worked for him in a sense of he's been able to, to manage to get um, into a groove, and, and, and then all of a sudden, like I think you saw that they hit that point against the Washington football team. But it's a matter of playing a little bit better defensively, and then Mahomes and the offense won't feel as much pressure. Talking to ArrowheadPride.com's Pete Sweeney here on ESPN Des Moines. And, and Pete, you know, we, we go back to exactly that, and, and it's the defense. And you can talk about Mahomes or the injury to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or, you know, is, is Travis Kelsey banged up, this or that. 
but what in the living hell has happened to this defense under Spagnola? Yeah, it just hasn't been playing well, and I think it starts up front, and it's, it's been injuries. The guys haven't really played a ton together, um, considering the injuries to Frank Clark at the beginning of the year, and then you had Chris Jones, Jaron Reed has not been as advertised. Your best defensive lineman, Mike, has been Mike Dana. And who would have thought that that would be the case? I have no idea who that is. Here. I don't know who exactly. that is, Peter. <laughs> you've had so you've had problems with injuries at the second level. You've had problems with injuries at the third level, which had uh, Anthony Hitchens now out for a handful of games. Willie Gay didn't start the year. He actually started the year on, on injured reserve, so he had to miss a, a handful of games. So um, you really haven't seen a complete healthy Chiefs team. Now a lot of people would say, well, even if they were healthy, they wouldn't be playing well. And it's like, yeah, that might be true, but we really haven't seen enough games to know that. And so it all starts with, I think, getting better up front, and that'll help each of your levels. They haven't really been able to do anything. I mean, it's one thing to be bad or be 20th in the NFL, but they are the worst defense in the league, and I don't know how that happened. I mean, you, you mentioned injuries and not playing, to, but I would think that what the GM down there, Veach, has done would at least be able to stock the cupboard with some depth, but that's not the case, right. is it? No, and I, I think that, that's, the, that's the issue right now that the Chiefs are, are having. Um, because general manager Brett Veach kind of put all his stock into the, the, the uh, offensive line, what you ended up getting was a defense that really did not get the reinforcements, I don't think, necessarily that it needed. The biggest acquisition, it seemed to be, was Darren Reed. And he only became available at the last minute. And he was supposed to really fix what was the defensive line. And when that doesn't happen, and then all of a sudden you're getting injuries and you're able to put a Frank Clark while Chris Jones is out on an island or a Chris Jones um, on an island while Frank Clark is out. And even when they're playing, they're not playing particularly well. This, this uh, idea that putting Chris Jones in the outside was going to solve everything, stemmed from Jaron Reed playing well, and that just hasn't happened. And I think that was one of Brett Beach's mistakes because not only was it a mistake, it was a $7 million mistake. They lose that cap space as well. <laughs> uh, Arrowheadpride.com's Pete Sweeney here for another minute or two here on ESPN Des Moines. Chiefs get the Giants on Monday Night Football. A couple of days from the trade deadline. I follow all of you guys that I was friends with down in Kansas City and worked with. I'm yeah. seeing all different kinds of names. I've seen the Evan Ingram thing. I've seen the Brandon Cooks thing. I've seen all different kinds of things. Are the Chiefs in play to make a move before next week's trade deadline? The signs point right now that if, if a move was to be made, it would be on the defensive line, what we just talked about. And right now, it doesn't seem like anything is imminent. Now, that could change. But again, I go back to that salary cap thing. Chiefs don't have a ton of salary cap to work with right now, Mike. And so that's why Ingram became so attractive because the money that you would have to put in is, is a million and change. And the Chiefs actually have that room. But the Pittsburgh Steelers reportedly are unwilling to trade him to the AFC. And why would they at this point? It, that's, that goes back to the Baltimore Ravens trade in the offseason where maybe the Ravens kind of rolled in a, <clears throat> a Trojan horse that's looking now if Brown can't really put it together at the left tackle position. But that was the question, like why – would the Ravens be helping the Chiefs? And I think you're seeing that with the Steelers. The Steelers kind of look in front of them and they say, hey, you know what, we have the pieces to maybe go on a run at the end of the year here. We have to try to at least make sure that we send him to the NFC. So if we have to play him, 
it's not until the Super Bowl. And by, and by that point, you take the draft picks and whatnot. So <clears throat> the Chiefs are going to have to find another suitor, and not only another suitor, but a suitor that is good enough to play for them, because then it makes sense to trade for them, but also fits a, a really particular salary cap window just because they're really up against it right now. Uh, real quick, get you out on this. What's the panic level over at ArrowheadPride.com on your message boards and everybody <laughs> hitting you up on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride? It's bad. I, I think people have really realized that the, the Chiefs are, are one bad loss, like which would be Monday night qualifies for that. One bad loss from really legitimately, and, and I'm not one to jump off the, and, and push the panic button either, but it would be legitimate at 3-5 and five and losing to the New York Giants. You would have to start questioning whether or not they could make the postseason. And to just have Super Bowl or bust aspirations and not make the postseason, that kind of leads to someone having to be the goat, the bad kind of goat, not the not the good kind we're used to talking about. <laughs> and that usually leads to someone losing losing their job. And I, I think we're we're not there yet, but we are what would be a loss to the Giants or maybe a loss to like a, a Denver Broncos team at the end of the year in their last game to miss the playoffs. We're one of those bad losses away from. I think you seeing maybe a change at the defensive coordinator position or, or even some of these defensive assistants. You see him on TV on 41 down in Kansas City. You read his work, arrowheadpride.com. He's on 610 Sports Radio down in Kansas City. He is the busiest man in all of Kansas City <laughs> sports media. Pete Sweeney, arrowheadpride.com. Uh, Pete, thank you so much for the time, man. We'll talk again soon. Yeah, congratulations uh, on your pack, Mike. I know that you're enjoying that, and, and thanks for dealing with me today. I've been having a little bit of uh, voice issues, but I hope uh, I was able to give you some insight. We'll give you a C-plus, Pete. <laughs> thanks. Later. <laughs> Pete Sweeney, arrowheadpride.com. And he's right. I am enjoying the Packers win. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, thanks to Pete for joining us. Thanks to Kira, our producer. Uh, thanks to you for listening. We'll do it again coming up next week. Don't forget, World Series Game 3 tonight. Iowa and Wisconsin tomorrow at 11. Bears Niners on Sunday at noon right here on ESPN Des Moines. My name is Mike Wickett. This has been Wickett's World. Have yourself a great weekend. Till next time.